From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is the Big Story Podcast, your nonpartisan news source for how Congress and the federal government shape the real world. I'm Jason Dick, the Leadership and Enterprise Editor, and I'm joined by Kate Ackley, our lobbying reporter, and we're going to talk about the evolving Republican tax legislation that we are all eagerly awaiting the release of and and what its effect may be on the influence industry that, that Kate covers and that will help shape the bill. Kate, welcome to the Big Story Podcast. Thank you for having me. So um, the best way that we might be able to describe this is that we have been waiting for this tax bill pretty much for, for a while now. Uh, the Republicans have been talking about doing tax overhaul for a, a while. Uh, previous members of Congress who have who have left, Dave Camp, a Republican from Michigan, and Max Baucus, a Democrat from Montana, gave it a whirl a few years ago and were unsuccessful. The current Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, is a former chairman of the Ways and Means Committee that, that writes tax legislation, and he, he, he loves... He loves to talk about taxes, loves them, loves policy, loves taxes especially. So um, so this has been on the Republican wish list for a while. Now, they were caught up with health care uh, earlier this year and and just, you know, it's it's new. Everyone's new, getting to know each other at freshman orientation and so forth. Uh, but it's now uh, November and there is still no tax bill. There was a delay. We were supposed to get it today on Wednesday and we received word last night that the House was not going to be ready. And now we're getting little murmurs here and there there that there may be further delays. What is going on and what are your lobbying sources telling you about what's happening with this tax legislation, Kate? Well, first of all, the business community has been lobbying for really decades for a what they sort of would call a, a comprehensive tax overhaul. Um, it all sounds good in theory, you know, let's lower the corporate rate and, and all these kind of, um, you know, priorities that the business community is generally on board with. But then when it gets down to the details, which is exactly what these, uh, you know, tax writing uh, congressional aides are doing. I, apparently they were up all night writing this bill and are continuing to write it, you know, and maybe we'll be writing it through the weekend. We'll, we'll have to see. But they get down to the details and then you, you know, if you're a, a specific con- company or industry that loses some tax break that you really like, you know, that complicates things, and and they, those industries and their lobbyists are leaning very hard on these uh, these tax writing lawmakers right now. And I mean, in broad strokes, what the uh, the overall goal, the sort of the, the broad outlines of this tax legislation, it would they want to lower the corporate tax rate from thirty five percent to twenty percent. Uh, and they want to simplify the individual tax rates to, you know, at one point it was three tax brackets and now maybe four as opposed to the seven that there are now. And they, and by doing that, they, they, they wanted to, you know, sort of clean up some of the deductions uh, like, and, and simplify things so that, you know, it would be easier for individuals to to file their taxes. Now, that all, as you said, that sounds awesome. Nobody likes how complicated taxes are. Companies don't like them. I don't like how complicated they are. I, I, I pay a, an accountant to do them for me. Uh, because it, I don't want. I'm afraid of screwing it up, and I have a relatively easy, um, you know, sort of tax profile. So, what's going on? What where do these? Where does it start getting sticky? Which is where we're at now, apparently. Absolutely. I I had a really great conversation yesterday with former Senator John Bro from Louisiana, a Democrat who's now a lobbyist. He's at Squire Patton Boggs, and he's built a pretty successful lobbying practice. 
And, you know, he was recalling the days when he was on Capitol Hill at the time in the mid 2000s, President George W. Bush uh, sort of convened a task force of bipartisan members of Congress to uh, come up with their tax overhaul plan. I mean, this is not something that just you know, came out of nowhere this year. It's something that lawmakers have looked at for, like I said, decades. Since 1986 was the last time they did it, it's obviously very hard. But what uh, Bro was telling me yesterday was that everybody loves tax cuts. Uh, you know, that's easy. You know, bring it on. <laughs> we all want tax cuts. I want a tax cut. Yeah, everyone does. <laughs> every business. Every, do you want a tax cut, Kate? I do. <laughs> uh, anybody who pays taxes would love to have their, their taxes lowered, of course. Uh, but the problem is, is that you can't just totally cut uh, and not, you know, make up some of the lost revenue somewhere. Now, it, it seems like they're not trying to do a revenue neutral bill. Right. Which, which would, would, would you mean they would there be no deficits? Yeah, there? that right. would you totally paid for. Then it just you'd have to cut, you know, I mean, you'd have to eliminate so many cuts that everyone would just, you know, throw tomatoes at it and they'd have to pack up right. and go home. So when I was speaking to former Senator John Burrow, he was saying how easy it was to, you know, come up with these ideas of cutting taxes, and everybody loves that. And the hard part is trying to find some of the pay-fors. And, you know, he said when in 2005, when his bipartisan group was sort of looking at a tax overhaul, they came up with this idea to eliminate, uh, or they, in their proposal, they put in this idea that you would eliminate the state and local tax deduction and, and some other things that are very popular, things that are uh, under discussion right now. And he said George W. Bush looked at the proposal, saw all these uh, eliminations of, of tax breaks and, and things that people like, and they ignored it. He said it's easy to figure out ways to cut taxes. It's hard to find ways to pay for it. That's what is uh, sort of being heavily lobbied right now. Some of the things that they're looking at eliminating in order to raise revenue to pay for these tax cuts are uh, deductions possibly on the, the interest you pay on your mortgage. The National Association of Home Builders uh, and the National Association of Realtors really don't like that one, and they're very big lobbying forces. Uh, some of the other ways that the, the in high-tax states where there's big state income taxes, you can write off what you pay uh, in, in your property taxes and your state income taxes and your sales taxes to offset your federal bill. Well, that's pretty popular with a bunch of people in New York and New Jersey and California where there happen to be a lot of Republicans who make up the, basically the difference between being in the majority and the minority in the House. The details that we're just seeing in dribs and drabs, like this, this may be really affecting this, right? Because like right now, you know, there's, there's a little thing, you know, the documents circulating in K Street about ways that they may try to offset, but there, we haven't really had any public hearings at this point. Right. And that's totally different from when they did the uh, tax overhaul in the 1980s. I think there were many, many hearings. There were there was a month of a markup, I think, uh, leading up to the to the bill passing in the House. Um, but absolutely. I mean, there are certainly all of us have our favorite tax deductions and tax breaks, but so do businesses and companies. And, you know, there is a discussion right now about how much can businesses or would businesses under this new plan be able to expense uh, or be able to deduct their expenses. And apparently that's causing a, a huge amount of pushback from K Street and the lobbying community, depending on what kind of industry you're in or what kind of company you are, you may stand to be a big loser in this tax overhaul. I'm talking to Kate Ackley, our lobbying reporter here at CQ and Roll Call, uh, again, about the lobbying that's going on in the tax bill and why it seems so difficult to get some, you know, some sort of consensus as they go forward. 
Kate, in general, you're, you're hearing from your sources. They're kind of waiting along with us. I mean, they're, they're even they're not getting like their sort of fair share of information at, at this point, are they? Well, it sounds like the tax writers on the Hill are keeping this uh, document very close to the vest. I think some of that is because they know there's going to be a huge uh, pile of opposition that, that comes at them as soon as we know more specifics. So they want to keep that a little bit under wraps because they want to produce the whole document so that you have to look at, at the big picture and maybe not just throw stones at specific issues that would be uh, costly for your business or for individuals. And, and one, one of the things about, about, like, I was looking at, you know, some possible offsets that, that could be targeted. One uh, is, is, I mean, when you say business expenses, I think people may have an image of like, oh, you know, so, so this guy won't be able to write off his, his really expensive steak at the Capitol Grill and his three martini lunch with his clients. But it also could affect things like just regular folks use too, like mass transit. I mean, our, you know, our company and other companies, they, they provide uh, us with mass transit benefits that, that they are able to write off on their taxes. If that goes away, we're talking about billions of dollars potentially spread out across several industries that are all of a sudden not deductible. Right. And also, you know, a lot of um, industries or companies hold a lot of debt and they want to be able to expense that debt. I mean, we're talking about, in some cases, obviously huge amounts of money at stake in, in terms of how they can deduct the, um, you know, the debt that they hold and whatnot. So this gets very complicated. And you're absolutely right. Some of this stuff, individual taxpayers, voters uh, will feel. People probably don't like paying the taxes that they pay right now, but threaten them with potentially paying more. It's you. You have to say, well, what are you going to get for it? Where is my Where is my tax cut? So they have to really figure out a way to package this and message this in a way that gets people on board. One of the things that I the image I have it is is the wolves are sort of gathering. And when wolves gather, that means that they think that they're probably going to have uh, lunch uh, soon. <laughs> and now it's dinner time, and we might not wait. We might be waiting until breakfast time. So as as the pressure increases in K Street, uh, to I mean, like, are are we going to see sort of preemptive kind of uh, attacks on on the legislation for them not being forthcoming, or are they just going to keep their powder dry? Well, we've seen already some preemptive attacks. Months ago, there was a proposal that uh, House uh, Ways and Means Chairman Kevin Brady of Texas uh, and and Speaker Paul Ryan uh, both really backed, which was a border adjustment um, proposal that would have sort of taxed imports and, you know, it would have raised uh, over a trillion dollars in revenue to help finance this um, over, this overhaul. And is not particularly rare in a, among other industrialized countries. Right. And so the but the backlash to even just that concept was so extreme. You had uh, retailers uh, and also, you know, some of these uh, well-known conservative organizations, those uh, by the Koch brothers, just totally took that down and and were successful. And so that proposal is not in this bill that we haven't seen, but we know that's not in the bill. And there there is this political angle, too. The Republicans feel that they need this going into the 2018 midterm elections. Is there an is there influence that lobbyists can can sort of uh, exert on them in terms of their financing and, and their campaign, their campaigns, if they bundle, you know, for for different uh, legislators? Absolutely. And I think one thing that when I've talked to people who are on the Republican side, whether they're uh, lobbyists or, you know, in advocacy groups or people who talk to big donors, I talked to um, Tim Phillips last week. He runs the Americans um, 
Americans for Prosperity, which is a big Koch-funded group, and he said that he has not seen uh, an, a single issue, you know, sort of being so pivotal to a party's future. In this case, it's the Republican Party's future, obviously. Uh, you know, Republicans failed to do uh, a repeal and repla- replacement of Obamacare. They have there's been basically no discussion of a uh, a big infrastructure bill that President Trump talked about on the campaign trail. So it's like. They're they're down to their, you know, third big ticket item, arguably the biggest ticket item with huge things at stake. And, you know, I think it's it remains to be seen what would Republican voters do if tax reform fails? Who knows? But the the biggest donors to the party have basically said, if if you all can't get this done, (laughs) we're done. And I think that's a good place to say we're done here at the Big Story Podcast. Thank you very much, Kate, for for joining me and, and talking uh, about this. Where it's going to be an issue for a while. I'm Jason Dick. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And if you want more on this, you can read Kate's stories, which just come at a regular clip about this uh, this very topic. Visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at, at RollCall and at CQNow. Thanks for listening.